This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Treatment Room. I am your host, Tess, and I'm sad to say this is the last episode of season one. And if you haven't listened to Lauren's goodbye note, you may want to go back and give it a listen just because it will help everything make sense going forward. But yeah, essentially she has moved on to a new opportunity and we love her endlessly and support her. I, you know, felt it wouldn't be right to continue season one without her. And at the same time, I feel a responsibility to continue to educate. And it's something I love, something Lauren wanted me to continue with. And honestly, I think podcasting is awesome. It's one of my favorite social media platforms. So I don't want to stop anytime soon, but we are capping season one here. And honestly, In 60 episodes, Lauren and I had such an incredible time building something for the first time together, interviewing some of our biggest career idols, and learning so, so much about skin together. So yeah, it just felt right to finalize season one here. We're going to take a brief hiatus of a week. (laughs) You guys may not even notice, but there won't be an episode after this week. But we'll take that break, and then I will be back with season two. It's going to have a fresh new look, a fresh new vibe. I cannot wait to share the episodes I have stored with you guys. They are phenomenal women and businesswomen. So I think you're really, really going to love it. As always, if there's somebody you want to hear from, please, please let me know. I would love to know your feedback and who I can feature in this next season to bring you guys the most value. I'm actually going to be uploading a video with some of my tips for navigating getting a job, the interview process, your esthetician career. But I realized after I made that video, not everyone has 45 minutes to sit down (laughs) and watch. So I figured why not make a podcast out of it? That way you can listen while you're doing something else or while you're driving and it will just be another way you can consume the content. This is something I've watched Gary Vaynerchuk do. When he makes a piece of content, he puts it everywhere. He shares it to Instagram, Twitter, 
et cetera, et cetera, YouTube to podcast. So I'm going to try it just in case it helps some of you who, again, don't have time to watch the video in case it helps you just have more access to the content. Let me know what you think about that. If you like seeing videos on YouTube and then having the content on a podcast as well, maybe you don't and you watch everything and you just want fresh content every time, but I'm just going to try this. I think we should always experiment and try new things in business and in life. So we're going to give it a go and I will patiently await your feedback. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. It is chock full of tips and advice for navigating your esthetician career, as well as questions you should be prepared to answer in your esthetician interviews. Hope it helps and enjoy. I want to start this video off by firstly, throughout this whole video, I want to be completely honest. I my whole goal with my channel is to help you guys avoid surprises and to help you avoid mistakes that I made. And of course, you're going to make your own mistakes, but I just want to help as much as possible. So I want to be completely honest and give you the best advice I can. Okay, the first thing I want to say is that you will find the job that is a right fit for you, and there will probably be many stages of career where different jobs are a fit for you at that time. And I want to be completely honest, usually the more experience you have, the more seniority you have at a job, the more flexibility you have as far as choosing your hours or choosing the exact type of services that you give. In the beginning, I think everyone should at least be prepared to possibly do services that aren't their first choice or perhaps take on hours or days in their work schedule that, again, are not their exact first preference. And reason being, just it tends to be with every industry, the more experience and seniority you have at a company, that's when you sort of earn your stripes and get more of an opportunity to choose exactly what you want to do when you want to work, that kind of thing. But I do want to mention this because sometimes I think there's sort of a myth going around that estheticians always get to choose their own hours. It's this super flexible sort of job and I don't think that's always the case. You can certainly get lucky and you may get lucky with your hours. You may get lucky by just doing the services that you want to do. But in the beginning, I would expect to pay your dues just a little bit. And I think this is true for any industry. I've worked a lot of jobs. I feel like I've had nine lives, worked in fashion, media, magazines, all different kinds of roles. And in every job I've had, I did have to work my way up the ladder. There aren't really internships in aesthetics. There might be the odd externship, but there's you are sort of skipping a step in going straight into a paid position. I worked a lot of unpaid internships and really paid my dues for a long time before I started moving up the ladder at various jobs. When I got my first aesthetics job out of esthetician school, it was at Credo Beauty, and I would say 80% of my job was retail, and 10% as I got, as I spent more time at the job, it was more like 20%, I had 10 to 20% of the time doing facials in the treatment room. But I did have to work weekends, I had to work 
later evenings, that kind of thing. And I was on the floor as a retail salesperson for most of the job. Now, I think that's a little unusual and Credo is a retail beauty store, sort of similar to Sephora or Ulta. So unless you're going into a job like that or applying to a company like that, it may not be the exact same thing where you're only doing retail, but that was my experience and the way I got my foot in the door to eventually be able to do facials. In my next position, I was able to strictly only do facials, five facials back to back, and I did get lucky with the ability to, for the most part, choose my days and hours, and I got really lucky in that I was able to focus solely on facials and skin. I didn't have to do waxing, makeup, eyelash extensions, anything like that. I was lucky enough to just focus on what I wanted to focus on, which was skin, but I just wanted to point that little story out because it may be similar for you where you start off working somewhere because you're able to get the job and you may have to be a little jack of all trades in the beginning. Maybe not, but I'm just putting it out there to sort of set the expectation that your first job out of esthetician school isn't always like the final destination and that's okay. It may not always be the dream job. So I would just be super gentle on yourself and be proud of yourself if you do get a job offer. Again, especially in this crazy economic time and time of a pandemic, if you are able to get a job offer and it seems like a place you will be happy, then I would be pretty proud of yourself, even if it's not the exact, again, final destination that you have in your career, because it will be likely you will have a few jobs and this will just be a stepping stone in the in the right direction. So it, sometimes it's kind of like sitting at a bus stop for a little bit and getting on multiple buses, even though, again, it's not your final destination, it's not the end goal. These are stepping stones to get you to where you want to eventually be. And I promise you, every experience you have will be relevant in some way. You will learn something. There's even things that are transferable skills I have from my previous jobs in magazines and media that I was able to carry over to my career now, managing my own social media, understanding how to brand yourself and how powerful branding and social media can be as tools and even storytelling. That is something I have carried over into what I do now. Something I really don't think people talk about enough is the transition from school and graduating to the real world and having to support yourself and getting a job. I'll just use myself as an example. First, before esthetician school, I went to a regular four-year university. When I graduated, I was terrified. I was shell-shocked. My responsibilities went from going to class every day and doing my homework to needing to figure out what I wanted to do with my life and having to provide for myself. I was terrified, so terrified that I moved, literally I fled the country and I moved to Australia for a year. And I got different jobs there. I was able to work at GQ magazine. I actually had a 
a skincare retail job. So I was doing different kinds of jobs in Australia, but it was sort of my way of not facing reality. And so I just wanted to use that example to maybe illustrate how normal it is to be scared and want to run the other way from your responsibilities, which is what I did. But you're going to figure it out and every step you take is going to help you get where you eventually want to be. Yeah. So I hope that helps you realize you are really not alone in feeling nervous and scared to graduate. It's a big transition going from school to the real world. So I think really the best thing to do is sort of normalize your expectations for yourself and don't put all of this huge pressure on yourself, especially in a pandemic. I think we have to be patient and your career is not something you need to rush. You do not have to prove anything to anyone. I know I used to feel like everyone was looking at my LinkedIn and my resume and I had to keep putting impressive things on my resume in order to impress people, in order to keep up with the social pressures and feel good about myself because I was comparing myself to everyone around me. Everything I saw on social media, which we know is, it never tells the whole story, but I would look at other people getting new jobs, adding things to their LinkedIn, and I would get so freaked out that I wasn't doing enough, that I was a failure. And you're not. You do not have to impress anyone. We're Again, we're not in a rush here. We're playing the long-term game and your happiness is what matters. Of course, we want to progress. You need to be able to make money and provide for yourself, but we're not in a rush. We're taking our time and we're understanding that even the small goals and jobs we take to get where we eventually want to be are what matters most. Again, I'll say this again because I know and then we'll get into the interview questions and advice, but I know a lot of estheticians are in a rush to post their treatment room on Instagram, to say they're a business owner, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm so happy for you if that is the path you've chosen and that's what you want to do. But I just wanna put, I wanna plant this seed that you are not in a rush. And the more time you take to educate yourself, to learn from other work environments, to have different bosses and see how they manage things, how they are able to create a successful or a not so successful spa business, the more all of those experiences will benefit you and make for a stronger business model for yourself. So. Again, we're patient and we are playing the long game. It's not about the short term. The next thing I wanted to address before I get into the interview tips is that I know a lot of estheticians have a really strong idea of what makes them happy in the aesthetics world and what exactly they want to focus on. I think there are certain people who can really succeed in figuring out that niche right away and just focusing on that and applying for just those types of jobs, I think that can work out for certain people. And I really am a fan of niching down in the industry and specializing in one thing. That said, I think 
think many SDs benefit from keeping an open mind. Now, there are certain people like my friend Jackie who knew she wanted to do only lash extensions and that's what she wanted to focus her business on. She does a little bit of tanning and brow lifts, um, brow lamination, brow tints, things like that, but she knew in esthetician school she wanted to have a lash extension business. And somebody like that, I could really understand them wanting to go out and just find a job working at a lash extension franchise, something like that. But maybe for somebody who wants to focus on just skincare, because I know this is a lot of besties and this was me, I only had an interest in facials and skincare. And still to this day, that's really what my love for aesthetics stems from and really what I enjoy doing with clients. That said, I think it goes a little bit back to my example of doing retail in the beginning. What all of my mentors kept telling me in the beginning when I was first looking for a job and I really didn't have success immediately. I think it took me about a month or two to get my first job, but my mentors kept telling me to be patient, to be open-minded, to apply to jobs where other things were, other services were being done, such as waxing, things like that. Places like Benefit, Ulta, Sephora, Credo Beauty is just a more non-toxic version of a retail beauty store, but they really encouraged me to have an open mind and to consider applying to jobs that were outside my main interest of skincare because although it's great to have a strength and an expertise, sometimes in the beginning you have to have a little bit of a wider scope of practice and I think it's great to at least have a fundamental understanding of how to do something like a brow wax in case you are in a facial and your client says do you have time to do a little brow wax it's always it's always nice to be able to offer that even if later down the line you just want to do skincare and facials so that would be my advice especially for those of you graduating in this extreme economic circumstance of fewer jobs, fewer spas being open, spas operating at half capacity. You guys are in a challenging situation that will not last forever. But my main advice would again be to keep your options open and that way you can start getting some experience in the beauty industry and that way when more things do open up when you do have more options you will have some experience to speak of and I think that can go a long way. I was able to get my second job doing only facials and skincare because I did have at least one job on my resume that was in the aesthetics and beauty realm to speak of having that job, even though it wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, was a stepping stone to the next place, which really was my ideal working environment at the time. I definitely don't think finding a job in the pandemic is going to be impossible. I think to play devil's advocate, I think a lot of people are really excited and ready to start investing in the self-care after having months at home where we are looking at ourselves in the mirror in a magnifying glass and really craving 
self-care, somebody massaging our face. People cannot wait to get their Botox, their facials, things like that. So I do not think the world of aesthetics and beauty is going anywhere. If anything, I think people are going to have more of a need for it than ever. So I think in the long term, we're in a great spot. But for those of you graduating, again, I think flexibility is the key. So although first, of course, we're going to see if we can get our first choice of job, we are also going to keep in mind other options. So some options I wanted to just lay out there for you in case you're really having a tough time finding a job. You could, one, consider pitching yourself to companies, places you really want to work instead of applying to job postings, things like that, that they receive a mass amount of applications for. First tip, consider pitching yourself to the places you want to work at. This is sort of like my little secret that I mentioned in a lot of videos. It is how I have gotten virtually every job I've ever had. I have done the cold emails and the cold calling because I think it sets you apart and it shows you have a special interest in that company and I think companies get just as excited to have somebody applying that really wants to work there. So that's my first number one tip. Make a little list of the places you want to work. Go out and get them. Write them an email. Tell them why you want to work there, why you're a great fit. Attach your resume. Send a little about you in the email. Be super gracious. Ask if they have time to talk to you and see what comes of that. Today's podcast is sponsored by Forager Project, an organic, plant-based, family-owned creamery. Guys, I want to take a trip here. It sounds like my heaven, where they source nature's finest ingredients, nuts, seeds, ancient grains, fruits, and vegetables. When it comes to food, I am so not a fan of labeling certain categories good or bad, but it's more so about making small tweaks where you can and perhaps even trying something that you might enjoy more. So with dairy, I often saw for my clients, it was creating a lot of frustration and lowering their confidence over time. Dairy can be linked to acne, eczema, rosacea because it can be so inflammatory for our skin and for our gut. Forager Crafts organic dairy-free yogurts, keepers, milks, and sour cream using their hero ingredient, organic cashews. My personal favorites are their unsweetened cashew milk coffee creamer. I've been loving that with a little iced latte or a little cold brew in the morning. And their unsweetened cashew milk yogurt for these little yogurt bowls I've been making super fast and filling. And I'll add strawberries, chia seeds, agave, maybe some cacao nibs if I'm feeling crazy. But whatever you like, I'll just throw that in a little yogurt bowl or I'll throw it in my smoothie that I make almost every morning with some frozen raspberries, blueberries, spinach, and protein powder. Voting is like taking a train sometimes. Even if it's not going to your exact destination, sometimes it's better to take a train there, make a switch later on, rather than just sitting at the bus stop and not getting anywhere. Forager wants to inspire everyone to get out and vote and participate in our democracy. They have provided voting resources and information to make it super easy and convenient for you at www.foragerproject.com slash vote. 
and on their social media at Forager Project. I will put all of that information in the show notes so you can easily find it. Happy voting and enjoy the rest of the show. Second tip in regards to pitching yourself, you might also offer to work on weekends. You might offer to take on hours that other employees find less desirable because that's actually a commonplace thing at spas where estheticians have seniority. They've been there five to 10 years, they are ready to have their weekends and to come home a little bit earlier. So if you can offer to work those hours that not everyone wants to work, that also gives you a little bit of an advantage. Before we get into the interview tips, something I wanted to say was you really gotta be willing to hustle hard, outwork everyone else and do it all with a smile in the beginning. And sometimes you have to be willing to just get your foot in the door. When I got my first ever job, it was actually an internship in New York City working for a fashion designer. Sounds so glamorous. I was actually working in the basement of a New York City studio. I would work five days a week for free and I would be, I will never forget, scooping water in a little bucket out of the basement because I worked in the basement. That's where all the clothes were. I was steaming. I was taking pictures of the clothes. I was tracking the clothes and I will never forget scooping buckets of freezing cold water out of the basement because it was raining and the basement was flooding. Uh, also taking subways in the pouring rain, getting lost in New York, having the rain actually break my phone so I was actually lost in New York City wandering around with all of these expensive dresses. I'll never forget it and it made me a stronger worker because of it and they're fun stories to tell now but don't be afraid of a little bit of hard work in the beginning and be willing to do what it takes to get your foot in the door. Again especially right now crazy times and the options are not what they once were and again, getting your first job in any industry, you don't normally have the first pick of the litter. So again, we're being open-minded. You might consider ways, again, you can get your foot in the door. Maybe you work at a front desk of the spa that you really wanna work at, and that's a way to get familiar with the spa setting, what goes on, how you can offer a certain level of customer service. Number two, you could offer to assist at a dermatologist's office. You could offer to be a receptionist, things like that, just to get your foot in the door. And then third, I think retail options like Ulta. Ulta at least offers facials, so I think that can be a good option. Benefit, to my knowledge, also offers facials, but might be a little bit of retail as well. Credo Beauty, if they have a Credo Beauty in your area, you might, again, have the opportunity to a little bit of do a little bit of retail, a little bit of waxing, makeup, facials, whatever else you want to do. So those are just a few suggestions of ways you can get your foot in the door. Okay, now that I've rambled forever and it's actually getting dark, I want to get into the main question, which is about how to prep for the interview process. Next, I wanna talk about a few things I think employers look for. So this is coming from my experience as well as what other seasoned 
managers, spa managers, things like that have told me they look for in their interviewees. So the first thing I think people look for is your energy, your personality. Are you somebody that clients are going to be excited to be around that is going to bring people in? Do you have a good bedside manner? Do you have a good level of customer service? Just essentially like, do you have a good energy? Because you would be surprised how much one bad apple in a spa, somebody with a negative energy can really affect everyone in the spa. So I think that's something managers are very aware of. No client wants to walk into a spa and feel like the esthetician wants to be somewhere else. She's not happy. She has a negative personality. No. Clients want to come in. They want to feel like they are the most memorable client at the spa. They want to feel doted on. They want to feel you're excited to see them. So energy, just like purely your personality, that carries more weight than you may realize. So even before you get caught up in the interview questions, what you should know, X, Y, Z, really understand your personality and how you handle yourself in the interview is going to make a big impression on whether or not you get hired, simply because people want to be around other nice people. That's it. I am rambling, but the second thing employers look for, I think, is outside education. And I think they look for this for a few reasons. One, it shows that you were willing to go above and beyond just the basic requirement of passing state board and getting your license. It shows that you are curious and interested and that you have a willingness to learn and constantly be learning and educating yourself. I think employers understand that that initial excitement can fade pretty quickly if you don't stay in touch with your passion, if you don't strive to take new classes and to be learning more than, again, just the basics, what you learn in aesthetic school, which is essentially basic facials, basic skincare, and how to be safe and sanitary, they would like to see, because skin is very complex, they would like to see that you go above and beyond to try to understand different conditions, different popular skin concerns like acne, and have a more advanced knowledge of ingredients than, again, just what you learn in esthetician school. The third thing I think they obviously look for, but that is not a deal breaker is your technique. So something that surprised me about the esthetician interview process, and it really shouldn't have been as much of a shock, but I was surprised to find out that actually giving a facial was probably 70% of the time I spent in most of my interviews. So I've actually only interviewed at two different spas, but this was my experience both times. We had a short conversation first about my background, that kind of thing, why I wanted to work there, but a lot of the time in the interview was spent on the practical and actually giving my potential employer a facial. 
I think this could be a little bit nerve-wracking, so you want to do what you can to really get comfortable so it doesn't catch you off guard and trip you up and prevent you from actually getting the job because you have put in so much time, you have so much knowledge, you have so much passion, so don't let something like actually giving the practical and being caught off guard ruin your chances of getting the job. If it makes you feel any better, when I gave both of my facials to these employers, they both had similar feedback, which was that I was very green. And that's a nice way of saying she could tell my style wasn't fully developed. They could both tell I was very nervous. And this is something that went away with time. It was, for me, the biggest thing standing in my way was myself and my nerves. And it took me lots of repetition, lots of practice to get past that initial point of nervousness. If you think about it, when somebody's laying down for a facial, the last thing they want is somebody timidly touching your face. You can tell when somebody is scared to touch skin and give a facial. So that's the first thing. And you can get over that hurdle by practicing. Practice a lot. Practice on your family members, friends, while it's safe to do so. Get as much hands-on experience, especially if you are taking your esthetician courses over Zoom, like I know a lot of you are. You're really going to need to buckle down and get familiar touching. So employers look for technique. They look to see that you can give a basic facial, and not only do they want to see that you can do it in a way that's sanitary, which is sort of the main purpose of state board, they want want to see that you are comfortable. They want to know your clients are in good hands and they want to be reassured that your client is not going to pick up on the fact that you are new. I got super lucky and my employers saw so much passion in me that they were willing to overlook me being a little bit shaky and <laughs> inexperienced because that can be taught and if you get lucky and have a great employer, they will be invested in teaching you and giving you a little bit of time with the training wheels on so you can get more comfortable. But that's not every boss. And the more experience you can come in, the more you can come in and show sort of your unique style. And everyone has their own unique style as a facialist. So if you can show that you're comfortable enough and that you've developed that a little bit, aside from just the basic European facial you've learned in school, you are setting yourself up for more success. Okay, you made it to the near end of the video where I am going to tell you guys what the most common questions you can expect to be asked are. Hopefully this just helps you go into an interview more prepared and less likely to be caught off guard. The first question you are going to be asked, I can tell you right now, and you will be asked this in literally any job you apply to. So I've gotten used to this question and you've just got to expect it and you've got to be prepared and ready for it. The first question they're going to ask is, tell me about you. What makes you a good fit for this job? And I'll briefly tell you what I think makes a great answer. First, passion. It's got to be clear that you want to be there. So talk about your outside education. Talk about what you do in your free time that's related to aesthetics. Show your personality. Don't be afraid to 
let them know a little bit about you because they get tired of hearing the same robotic responses. At the end of the day, the goal is to stand out in a good way. So I would say something like, my name is Tess Zolli. I'm from San Francisco, California. I absolutely love aesthetics and my former background is actually pretty different and I would use this to my advantage. I would say I had a background in media. I worked for companies like E! News and The Hollywood Reporter. I'm now doing a 180 and I went back to school because this is my passion and I know you're taking a little bit of a chance on me and this is my first opportunity in aesthetics but I'm here because I really want to be here and I promise every day that I am here I will still really want to be here. I talked about things like my YouTube channel that I had started at the time and I told them in my free time I take extra classes and I invest my time in YouTube. I love making videos and educating and sharing my passion. That's not going to be the answer for everyone and your outside passions don't have to be aesthetics, but if you can tie in your passion for beauty or skincare, whatever it may be, whatever you do in your free time, that's likely a reflection of your passion. Maybe it's watching YouTube videos. Talk about that because they want to know that you're excited. First and foremost, they want to see your personality and they want to hear about your education. Again, they want to hear that you have gone above and beyond to learn, and they want to know that you are the type of person who is going to continue to want to learn, especially since you don't have a lot of experience in the beauty industry yet. It can be really helpful to bank on talking about that outside education and those extra classes you have taken and maybe that time you've had in the lab, case studies, clients you have had, what your experience has been. The goal should be to make yourself stand out and if you're not the most experienced person they've interviewed, make yourself be at least the most passionate. The next question you should expect to be asked is what modalities are you comfortable with or have you used in the past? So talk about modalities you've used at school, whether it is high frequency, galvanic, LED. I don't know what the kids are using these days. I feel like a lot of you have more fancy and modern equipment than I used in school, but talk about whatever modalities you learned in school. Likely they are looking to understand if things you've done at school are things that they provide, services they provide in their treatment room. The next question I think you should be prepared for is, are you comfortable giving extractions? And this was not a skill I had particularly honed yet. My school really didn't focus too much on extractions, sadly. Now I would say it's one of my um, areas of expertise and I love giving extractions, whereas I used to be intimidated by it. But I didn't necessarily have that experience, but it's still something they want to know what your le comfort level is with extractions because usually it's one of the main things that clients come in for. They want to get rid of their blackheads. They want to make an improvement with their acne. So extractions are really important. Next, I think you should be prepared for the question, what is your availability like? And 
my advice to new estheticians is to be as flexible as you can. Likely they're going to ask if you are willing to work on the weekends and I would suggest it's something you are willing to do if it comes down to sacrificing a little bit of time with friends and family. It's unfortunate, but it is a part of our industry. People really enjoy getting facials and getting pampered on the weekends. So likely working on the weekends will become your new normal in aesthetics. There's the lucky few who don't ever have to work on weekends or don't do that anymore. But I think for the majority of estheticians, it's kind of like, we don't know what a weekend is. Our weekend is usually like Monday, Tuesday. So that's something to be prepared for. And I would advise not to be too difficult here. And I hate to say that, but likely if they can tell you're a bit of a diva, you're not willing to give up your weekends, you know, you're somebody who values your social life above getting the job, they may give it to somebody else. And that's unfortunate to say, but it's just the reality. I think it's also probably guaranteed they're going to ask something along the lines of what drew you to aesthetics? What do you like about this industry? What is your favorite service to perform? All sort of just ways to get an understanding of your passion. Again, these are the types of questions that you have the advantage with. You are a young, new esthetician, you are fresh, you have so much energy, so really use that to your advantage and talk up your passion. Lastly, I sort of touched on this in the beginning, but the employer is likely to ask, why are you a fit for this particular job, this particular spa? So be prepared to answer that, and this answer is going to be different for every spa. So you want to make sure even if it's not your first choice spa, you've done the research into understanding what is this spa all about? What's their vibe? What is their clientele like? What type of services do they offer? What is their brand like? So have a good understanding of that and have an answer prepared that will make you, again, stand out and try to tie those things into you and your strengths and, again, why you would be an asset to their company. If you can make somebody's life easier, if you can just make it clear that you have done your homework and you really want to work there. I used to think like people giving job interviews are there to find things wrong with me. They're really looking to find things right with you. They are looking to hire somebody and take this off their plate. So maybe that helps you to just understand that they are on your team and it helps you to take a little pressure off. I'm gonna wrap up the video with the question, how can I know if a spa is also the right fit for me? I think this is so different for every worker. Everyone values different things. Maybe it's work-life balance, maybe it is your schedule, maybe it is the services you provide, maybe it is the people, maybe it is the level of technology and just the overall aesthetic of the spa. Ask about all of it and try to get a sense for all of it and any additional things that are important to you. If you really want to give hydrofacials, ask if they have that. If you want to hone your waxing skills, ask what percentage of the job would be waxing. So it's going to be so different for everyone and I think you should just pay attention to what is on your mind and heart and have the understanding that you may not get everything you want in the beginning, but 
try to put yourself in the position where if you have options, you can choose the option that will make you the happiest. I think in my first job, I was so set on working in that particular spa because it was actually the spa where I had my first facial and it was the spa that really changed everything for me. So I had this sort of vision for it and I was so set on working at that spa. I don't know if I asked enough questions because I just felt, I almost romanticized it. I wanted to come full circle and work at that spa. When I was at that spa, I would never say it's a waste of time, but I learned what I wanted out of a different work experience. I had a manager who was actually a cosmetologist. She was a great manager, great person, but she couldn't necessarily teach me skills to advance because it's just not, it wasn't her background. She had a background in hair and makeup and I needed somebody with a specific uh, experience with facials and skincare. And whenever I would give her facials, you know, the feedback that I would get was like, this was the best thing ever. Like I needed this, like she would love it. And that was great. I think it built my confidence and it was the right stepping stone for me at the time. But I learned from that job that I wanted to have a boss who could actually help advance my skills and take an interest in me and take me under her wing a little bit. So that's what I was looking for. And I got super lucky. I found that I found a boss who really took my skills to the next level and taught me so much of the things that you don't learn in school, more so about style, how to connect with clients, how to make the room, you know, really just have a fantastic, clean vibe, um, how to really give everything to a facial, how to really be present and to give 100% to whatever I was doing. Those were things I needed somebody to keep me accountable for. So it really depends on you and what is going to make you happy. Don't feel like you are not deserving of doing the main thing you want to do. That is not the point of what I said in the beginning. I just want you to have an open mind and hopefully you get to choose and you have the ability to choose the job that makes you the happiest. So ask about everything and just know your options will get better and better. Your first job as an esthetician most likely isn't going to be your last job, if that makes sense. Maybe one day you will have your own spa, who knows? And maybe you, you will wind up with your dream job right out of the gate. It definitely happens, but all of this is just to sort of help you set a realistic expectation for the future, for the state of our economy right now and to hopefully give you the knowledge to pick the best option for you. So I really hope all of this helped. So I think at the end of the day, ask, ask what you are thinking about. If you have concerns, don't be afraid to ask. If there are, there are things that are you know are going to make you miserable, I hope you don't feel like you have to take that job, but I think my point in this video is just to keep an open mind and hopefully you do get your absolute dream job. I think for most estheticians, their first job out of esthetician school doesn't tend to be 
their last job or their final job. It's usually more of a stepping stone, but maybe you'll get lucky and find your absolute dream job. I really hope you do. And I hope these tips helped and I hope they helped encourage you, but also give a realistic idea of what you can expect post-grad. And if you get one job offer, you should be really, really proud of yourself. If you have to spend a lot of time applying to jobs, looking for jobs, sending emails, just know that is normal too. And we have all been there. And unemployment, it's rough. So please don't get discouraged. Don't get down on yourself. It will happen. And you will have a job. So enjoy this time if you can and use it to your advantage to get prepared and really ask yourself what would make you the happiest and what you can do to set yourself up for a good future. All right, guys, I'm going to wrap up the video here. I hope it helped. Please like it if it did. Let me know what you thought in the comments. And if you have a suggestion for a future video, also please let me know in the comments. Don't forget to follow me on my other social media, listen to the podcast, and thank you so much for watching. I love you guys, and I will see you in the next video. Thank you.